to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Rise and shine, couch campers. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining, the lake is sparkling in the distance, and we have fun and games for everybody. How are we doing, Camp Counselor Craig? We are surly and indifferent. That is how we are doing, Camp Counselor Ben. Excellent. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> the sun is not shining. The sun is trapped behind a layer of overcast. The trees have no leaves on them. And the empty building across the road is staring at me at me malevolently. Hmm. You might want to look that, get that checked out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll report to the camp nurse. Indeed. Alrighty. Are, so... are we going to explain what we're doing or just let them figure it out? No, I, th- I think that, that it's cruel to leave them hanging. Welcome, everybody, to Big Red Couch, episode 155. Our prompt, if you've not been driven away at this point, is Happy Campers Adventures. Which I believe comes to us from John, though I could be wrong on that one. I have a suspicion. I really do. Mm. <laughs> so, yes. Happy Campers Adventures. This is going to be the the episode in which Ben and I permanently and irrevocably destroy the carefully created cultural uh, myth for international consumption of New Zealand being full of people who are hardy outdoors folk and, and adventurers and that kind of thing, because we're not. We're deeply suburban. I I have been on the odd school and fools camping things, and it wasn't that bad. But put this way, so so just enforced camping, enforced camping, enforced yes, enforced enforced physical ex- exercise and so forth. But um, mandatory fun, indeed, indeed, just the thing. But frankly, and this might this might seem to other things, the other reasons I have problems with uh, other sorts of travel. Crapping in an unfamiliar place. Not my favourite thing in the world. Certainly, uh, it's more dangerous in other countries than uh, other countries that is in New Zealand, but still. Eh. I, I do not very fondly recall using a, a, a revolutionary, at the time, sort of composting drop toilet at a hut in a national park. Um, this, this hut was one where it was one of the easiest ones to reach from the road, and so consequently you tended to get an enormous number of people who'd go there for a bit of a piss-up. Right. And so they actually <laughs> they actually sort of resected the road a bit, but they also put in this composting toilet on the grounds that they were sick of having to dig a new drop toilet every year, with the result that it had airflow and everything. But because of the structure of the thing, it basically meant that if you were using this toilet, what you've got is cold air coming down from the snow caps on... I think Mount Ruapehu, coming down a valley, straight into the air intake and right up your backside. Bracing. Bracing, yes. Ever wanted to crap an icicle? <laughs> this is the place to do it. <sighs> yeah. So. So basically this is going to be Ben and I complaining about ever having to have uh, go camping. Is is We're just trying to set you up, manage your expectations here. Eh, I don't really have complaints per se. I mean, I haven't been forced to do it in a, a very, very long time. Oh, I, I'd assume that's what we were doing. Oh. <laughs> You've killed all of my material, dude. 
<laughs> okay, no, no. Compl- I mean, complain away, but I got, I got no, I got no personal objections. I think we should possibly point out that yes, New Zealand's um, when you say hut, there is a a fine tradition of the Department of Conversation maintaining tramping huts along various routes, which is a which is a fine thing. Mm. Probably not, probably not unique to New Zealand, but it's a, a valuable um, piece of local knowledge and does provide necessary context for. At the very least, the movie The Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, it does. It would be a bit confusing if these people appear to break into some, some person's random, randomly into someone's house in the middle of the <laughs> thing. Not out of keeping entirely with the uh, the rest of it, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be fair. Be fair. Um, I guess that's a, that's a good jumping off point for discussions of uh, local colour and... and events and, and and so forth to help you uh place your 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 setting and allow people to, to to feel like they're part of the world if you're running a game for them you were you had some um pancake related content sort of um as in it was sort of a pancake and it's sort of content i i yeah i'm not speaking for the entirety of new zealand but certainly the the bit of new zealand and the time in, of new zealand that i was growing up in pancake day was not a thing is it Shrove Tuesday? I was aware of it as Shrove Tuesday, but I've also got confusing sort of quaint English holidays too with rolling cheese down hills and stuff like that. I don't from uh, vaguely associated with it, so yeah, I could be mistaken. It's t- to do with Lent, isn't it? Yeah, to, to my understanding, it was. It's basically the day. It's the day before Lent, and the idea that at least in the in the north, you have already survived a lot of winter. You're down to the rag ends of everything. And so you basically sort of eat all of the nice stuff that's left to go into Lent with the idea that at the end of Lent, perhaps there will be vegetables. <laughs> perhaps at the end of Lent, there will be nutrition. Yeah, or, or at least something joyous. Right. Anything joyous. That, that being the idea. This, this was never a, never a thing, in, certainly in my childhood. I think the only time in New Zealand I ever did anything like that was when a... When somebody who had come to New Zealand from England basically started up the the tradition within the the, the friends group, and I'm not 100% sure it worked on the grounds that they were trying to empty their house of all of the nice things, but because they were holding a pancake day and people quite liked pancakes and other things, they'd basically have a bunch of people around who would bring an enormous amount of nice sugary crap and then leave the remains there. Of course. It feels like it was working against the um, against the principle of the thing, but... Mm. I'm not sure exactly what the, the terms are, I mean, but I thought you specifically gave up a particular thing for Lent. So, if you were particularly hard-pressed to um, not just neck entire bowls of maple syrup, you could be out of luck. Yeah. In any case, pan- pancake day is more of a thing here. And um, there was actually, because because we're all working from home, there was actually a, a company organised, or at least within, within, within the, the team at work, there was a sort of a drop-in-if-you-want-to pancake day. I, at the, the time that it occurred, was sort of nose-deep in, in code debugging and really didn't feel like stopping to make pancakes, but I did make a pancake later, make pancakes later on. I got to experience a little part of the cultural tradition of pancakes. Fair enough. Or alleged pancakes they were flat you had a very lovely photo of them looked like it come directly out of 1973 was it because of the the sort of the the sea green table and the bright red rim on the plate 
Yeah, yeah, and the, the, the cup was like a teal colour as well, so yeah, it had that, oh, that kind of... It had that colour scheme, yeah. The, the yeah. bottom of that cup is actually um, is actually grey, but you can't see that from the, from, <laughs> from the, the top. And also, I think it was a waffle print, um, a waffle, waffle pattern uh, tea towel being used as a placemat, because I like to pretend that I'm classy for photos. So, um, yeah. Anything for the gram? Oh yeah, yeah. Gotta 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 please those Instagram followers. All right. Yeah, my parents follow my Instagram. That's how cool I'm not. <laughs> ah well. Uh, but in any case, it was it was a fun little piece of tradition, which I suppose leads in a only very slightly, incredibly forced conversational transition to to the whole happy campers adventure thing, because I'm assuming. Oh, I mean, the vibe I'm getting from this is that staple of an enormous number of movies of the teenagers go away to summer camp. Hmm. Which, again, not really a thing in the bit of New Zealand I grew up in, and I'm going to assume not a big feature of your childhood either. Oh, no, absolutely. There was a, um, out in Taranaki, there was a, I think it was Topic, like Taranaki Outdoor something something education something. And it was, you know, sleeping in bunkhouse type things doing outdoors type activities and at one point being propelled down the interior of a power station outlet or inlet pipe gonna hope it was outlet well it was it's a very small power station just for for a local thing and there was an old set of pipes that were buried underground next to the functioning set of pipes which they decked sort of wisely stacked above above around nearby but they decided it would be funny to put teenagers on bread crates and have them slide down a, you know, like a 35 degree slope for, I'm not sure how long. Well, it was dark and all you, it was just noisy. And, you know. <laughs> all you could hear was the terrified screaming of the people in front of, behind you. Yeah, it's like they went down one at a time. They were, like, trying to kill us, but otherwise, yeah. And yes, also, there was also some tramping stuff and so forth. It didn't have huh. the, quite the same. Frigion of the uh, the American classics, no serial killers, or as far as I was aware, teenage romance. But then again, I was not the most observant young man. Huh. So yeah, it does totally happen. Oh, I, I, I certainly well did not happen for a severely asthmatic kid in Auckland. Let's put it that way. Fair <laughs> enough. Huh. So yeah, that, that's a t- it's, so it's totally a thing. But no, you're right. It's sort of it it. Happy Campers Adventures. Apparently, Happy Campers was just a a nod to any sort of organisational change or event that meant that people were ha- happy or unhappy, and possibly behaving like disgruntled children. It's always possible. Every work meeting ever. Eh, there are special ones, though. You've got to admit that that is that is true. Yeah, I, I do remember being somebody trying to <clears throat> jolly us all along and make us feel really good about being made redundant. Didn't work well. Shocking that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure how they expected it to go. I'm not sure why they expected it to go well. So, given given the the um, we we know the source and we know the the games John's written and so forth, many of them fall or uh, into or inspired by a particular genre of anime known as Ayashke, which is often identified as a, those animated those those anime shows in which nothing actually happens. The word self means healing, and it's supposed to just be a soothing, pleasant experience that you could just kind of... A little bit of escapism, but not the kind of, like, pulse-pounding, 
exciting kind of escapism. You're familiar with Restaurant to Another World, which is uh, definitely one of those. Huh. That, that counts as nothing happening. Just people look after a restaurant. And they have weird visitors from other universes. I'm still not... I, I haven't finished that. I'm still not sure whether it's all the same other universe or whether it's different other universes. That's, that's probably the, the you know the high, the highest stakes in the entire show though right the finding out whether somebody master, somebody might be mastering the producing a specific dish but nothing nothing terrible has is likely to happen same <clears> with uh, another one called flying witch which is teenage apprentice witch moves in with her extended family in the countryside and they go and visit people and people visit them and there's some cool stuff but mostly it's just kind of just people it's kind of nice Oh yeah, no, they're, they're 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 lovely. I mean, they're, like I say, if you are sitting on the urgency waiting for something important to happen, you will blow a blood vessel. But <laughs> you are in the wrong anime. <laughs> Indeed, there's another one called Laid Back Camp, which is literally, hey, let's go camping up mountains. Interestingly, it covers a couple of other ones like Girls Last Tour, which is literally two girls on a little German nineteen. 19- yeah, yeah, just a like a tracked motorcycle thing going through the bones of a deceased society and meeting like two people and some ghosts question mark and yeah there's a, um there's, a, there's also like a record of a Yokohama shopping trip where the world has for all intents and purposes already ended and a nice android lady guy knew it I guess but it's always sounded weird is running a tea shop which very few people ever come to and she goes to Yokohama occasionally to do some shopping. Is it? Huh. Just, just folks been folks. Um, and also somebody uh, also put down Harbinai Ranma, which is just a really weird kind of... It feels very much like someone has arrived in an afterlife, and they are at a sort of orphanage for people who turn up like them. They all happen to have wings, and are gifted little halos. But the rest of the world is a vaguely quirky fantasy european city with walls around it and there's some stuff going on i'm a little bit more iffy about that one because there are certainly some stakes and some some things that that occur things aren't completely the same as the start and the end but yeah there's a lot of stuff which is very there's all things like that which is very chill and i there's probably other instances of um slow tv is definitely a kind of similar sort of experience even though it's not a it's not a fictional thing and in some ways, long-running uh, soaps kind of have all these desperate, dramatic things happen, but they always kind of reset, or you know, they, they, they doesn't they're expected. So maybe that counts. So yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting kind of deal. So I, I will say that slow TV has been um, a a phenomenal thing back when working in an office still existed for me. For clarification. I have been working from a studio apartment. This is month 12. So this podcast is very much a record of my slow but uh, inevitable mental decline. But back in the before times, when we're you know, in the office, we did have a bloody great screen at the end of a row of desks, which periodically we would put some sort of slow TV on. So yeah, the train ride from, I think, Oslo to Bergen, or a Christmas thing that is just, they strap the camera to a reindeer-drawn sleigh and just had little pop-ups of information along the way as somebody walks this reindeer sleigh along and drops stuff off to people. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of cool. But mm. also deeply, yeah, you could sort of get the, yeah, 
because you know you, you'd have it on repeat to so sort of a oh yeah oh are we up to the bit where the second reindeer joins i think that's in about five minutes cool i'll come i'll, I'll get a coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have fast forward or paused this at any time it's not the right? point the control was right there it's not the point right yeah so i kind of anticipate that might be what was going through his john's mind and he's made contributions of his own so we'll, we'll find out how horribly wrong i was that's the best bit of the show it is it is me being horribly wrong is the most reliable entertaining part of the show shall i lay out one of the ideas that i had please lay it on us because it's got adventures in there and we're talking about role-playing games i had a kind of dark notion of happy adventurer camps the idea of having a game set in a post-Gygaxian world for where there's a venue for all the young entities of all species to come together and kind of learn about the bad old days and just kind of play act but also get this terrible kind of oh yes this was all terribly frightening and unpleasant and you know there was a lot of there was a lot of butchering and so forth that went on during the uh, the, the the times in the in the past and I'm, I'm not sure how you would do that the idea that you know possibly getting some sort of idea of you know all right yes all of you uh all of you above ground races yes put on your um see in the dark trinkets if you need them and now go and hide in the corridors we'll give sticks to everyone else and they'll come and find you <laughs> I, i'm getting the image i'm getting is a cross between not quite ren fair but kind of historical historical reenactment villages and the movie onward Yes, yes. There's because there's a there's a weird there's a weird thing where when people try and sort of like think, okay, this is what their Middle Ages looked like. What happens if we extrapolate that forward? Um, there's one other anime which it's I think it counts as one of these nothing happens anime kind of called A Centaur's Life, where all of the species in the world are he- uh, hexapods effectively. The main character is a centaur. Then they've got lots of like winged-ish sort of angel, devil kind of characters who have wings and so forth. And a lot of other sort of general cloven-hoofed creatures with horns and the like, and some fish people. So, and but there are no humans in this world. But there's the and them occasionally discussing the dark history. You know that when 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 the, the very badly behaved centaur raiders. Or people, people being used as beasts of burden and so forth. Because there don't appear to be any creatures equivalents in this thing. So it's kind of, what's going on? There's been numerous other things as well. It's sort of doing this, this Zootopia but messed up kind of thing. So yeah, there's, there's, there's stuff to mind for that kind of idea. It'd be one of those explore this weird and wacky world type adventures and also it'd be one of those ones that digs into how you get a dungeon in ecology and how that and how that works and how these sorts of things survive sidebar but the um dungeon mishi which is uh, manga one of the best i've read in a long time which has been translated in english as delicious in dungeon but the french name is much better which is gluttons and dragons nice it's basically adventurers down on their luck trying to, to rescue somebody uh, they run into somebody who's who's uh, a dwarf who's been in the dungeon for a while, but has figured out how to make cuisine out of all of the native creatures in the dungeons. And every single episode's got a recipe at the end. <laughs> uh, and it's and it's, but it also has this kind of actually in places 
heartbreaking tale of them trying to to recover this friend and so forth and it goes all sorts of places but the dungeon ecology the way that dungeon these in this world dungeons are living things powered by uh, a central entity initially they're just kind of like oh cool we're exploring a cave and oh there might be treasure in here and they, they they grow with people's expectations and they give power to this entity and mm. to the point with all of this greed and, and this, this sort of intent focus on them you can kind of you might be able to manage them at a certain level but if they get away on you they basically become spawning points for unstoppable waves of monsters and they they will do you harm so there's a kind of a management thing in there as well okay so it's a so that's a that's a one way to consider the idea of the uh, uh how a dungeon functions but maybe there is another thing to maybe they've come to an understanding maybe there is actually like a Maybe adventurers these days are more about going and seeing and um, trading and doing a diplomatic thing as they now understand that the overworld and the underworld are have a dependency on one another somehow. And maybe that's part of the uh, going adventuring now has been culturally removed from the bad old days when it was all uh, kill or take pie. Take only etchings, leave only trinkets. Yeah, yeah, that could be relatively... Relatively heartwarming. Um, I mean, I'm now just imagining a variety of fantasy race, uh, fantasy races wearing brightly coloured backpacking gear, <laughs> trekking through dungeons. Hmm. Yeah, they're going to get eaten by the locals. Those people <laughs> are really annoying on mass. And by by on mass, I mean when there's a clump of them standing in the middle of the lobby of the hostel, and you just want to get through the crowd, and they won't bloody move. Hypothetically speaking, ah, <laughs> uh, tourists. Well, tourists, tourists be tourists. Yeah, I mean, to, yeah. To be fair, I was staying at the hostel as well, so it's not exactly like I was in. I, I was innocent in all this. I just wasn't standing in the um, standing in the lobby. I would say I'm not bitter, but no, I'm still bitter. Very fair. I, I keep flashing to the 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 historical reenactment village episode of the the cartoon Kim Possible. Okay, I have not seen that. Uh, I think they get attacked by historical ghosts at some point, but that's, um, it's... Standard Scooby-Doo lore, yep. Yeah, it's a little bit Scooby-Doo-y, not gonna lie. Uh, except that I think these are actual ghosts. Fair. I could be wrong, but I think they might have actually been actual ghosts. I'd have to rewatch the episode at some point. To to run this, I would want to try to tap into the the combination of, okay, this is kind of interesting, and oh my god, this is so incredibly lame. Okay. Of that kind of thing. So, I don't know, try, try to really drill down on the awkwardness of the thing. I'm not 100% sure how you do that in an RPG. Other than by just having really overly overly engaged NPCs to, to bounce off of. Oh yeah, that would definitely be the way to do it. Or possibly to hide from. You know, sort of Camp Counselor Steve is trying to organise another, another dungeon raid. Quick, everybody hide. <laughs> I do like the idea of, okay, all of the above-ground races are going to be the below-ground ra- races and, and, and vice versa, which is just going to be potentially hilarious if if this is being done in the, the, the spirit of sort of cultural understanding, but nobody's actually thought about the issues of, okay, do any of the, the above-ground races actually have low-light vision? <laughs> do any of the below-ground races have the ability to function in the bright sunlight out there? Have we actually thought about this at all? Or are we going to have a bunch of people in a dungeon getting lost because they can't see anything and a bunch of people 
in the outside uh, world, desperately shelter under, sheltering under something because the uh, touch of sunlight is physically painful to them. Yeah, that's that sounds like a abortive first attempt more than a, a, the, the game, but depending, depending on how uh, well-meaning and clueless the organization's approach to restorative justice is. I mean, me being me, I, I drill down heavily on the well-meaning but clueless. Like, I, I probably want to make this... And I'm, I'm running in weird directions with your idea, but yeah, that's our, that's our, fine, our that's vibe. Fine. I wouldn't quite want to make this into a the campers represented by the party versus the versus the staff, but I think there should there should be a certain amount of the campers attempting to wrest whatever fun or survivability they can from the well-meaning, earnest but perhaps ill-advised events of the camp. I had a second idea, which is pretty much the inverse of that. Ooh. You know, I was thinking about, you know, the classic summer camp tropes that you see in American um, productions. There's also a extremely sweet and entirely too emotionally intelligent show on Cartoon Network called Summer Camp Island, where, like, the song says, magic is real here and the moon is our friend and monsters are cool. And it's this cinnamon roll of a show where a bunch of assorted anthropomorphic youngsters are dropped off at an island, an island summer camp by their parents the camp counselors immediately turn for, turn from a a group of presumably you know camp counselor age teenagers to a bunch of sassy teenage witches the the um, head of which calls everyone babies and they get to learn about magic because this is the only place that magic survived after an event. And it's just ludicrously sweet, but also kind of has this sort of this awareness of things like personal boundaries, consent, and all these sorts of things that, you know, a show with the, the focus is so fluffy and and just, you know, unthreatening. I suspect this these sort of things would pass seamlessly into the developing at the mind of a young child, but someone ended up watching goes, ooh. Wow. Okay, that was a bit. <laughs> that was a bit real. <laughs> hmm. It's a. It's 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 a fine show. It's it's got a lot of endearing endearing features to it. On the other hand, I also thought of Heidi High, which is a cultural artifact of the eighties set in the fifties about a ripoff of the then holiday camps for regular folks for for working class people in England. They still exist. Buffins yeah, yeah, yeah. Is still a thing. Which... Yeah, that's that. I found that remarkable. It's it's. I did a little bit of research. Like, wow, okay, that's still going. <laughs> and but the presentation of the stuff in the eighties, it's it's like weird. You know, the camp attendants there in their in their in their their, their uniforms and so forth, and their organized fun and everything being jolly, and you know, a lot of horrifying little children battering people in clown uh, makeup. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. That comes. That thinking back on it comes along as like surreal, like Soviet era family entertainment kind of things. I I do remember watching that show and sort of finding the whole concept very confusing because yeah, yeah. the idea of that sort of thing was just utterly alien to me. But also the fact that even though I know the show was in color, in my mind all of the buildings are in black and white. It had a surreal quality to it. Yeah. And I couldn't come up with anything specifically about that, unless you were wanting to do... Because 
John, our friend, put happy at the start of this, so... I mean, he's already working against type for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 no, no, we, we like to see the bar, like, set not on the floor, so we are we do have to make a little bit of effort. The idea that I, that I was coming back to, and this the lives of the people trying to manage the entertainment and, and deal with the problems of the um, of, of the campers. And what I kind of rested back on was something that would be almost a, a Monster Hearts Apocalypse World sort of game if you were playing as older teenager type, highly hormonal, but have a position of responsibility counsellors trying to manage... A bunch of kids and you know the actual adult authority is conspicuously absent or ignoring you and you're doing your best to live your best teenage life keep the kids entertained and out of trouble so they don't complain or you know get drowned or something and have it but have it run like an apocalypse world threats kind of thing really low low key like the 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 whole ashikei kind of idea but you know there's like Oh no, such and such is not talking to such and such. We need to figure out what's going on. I think it's also the idea of like buy that that borrowing trouble idea. It's like, okay, I want, how do we want to sort this out? Um, okay, we'll 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 take a we'll take a loan against the the Whitewater Rapids trip that we're organising that next week to sort this problem out. And you figure out how that becomes that that dramatically affects what's going on in the course of play. So the idea that replicating that thing where oh no, such and such has lost their favourite stuffed toy, that impacts something going on later in the story and raises the stakes not super high, but there. And, you know, and for any given sort of season, you'd have some actual dramatic thing happen where they have to do something full of drama and so forth. There's the big storm or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's something something real to contend with, and if there is, you know, if there's the people get to be genuinely heroic and, you know, there might the possibility or actual, actual, depending on how very special episode you want to go, of there being an actual tragedy, but you have people work through it and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's, that's the kind of things I ended up thinking of. Either you make ridiculous fun of adventurers and... I guess that that one makes us like sort of famous five territory being suspicious of you know foreigners or or people of different cultures and you know and, and anybody who's adopted. Oh yes, oh yes, yes. The little narcs that that bunch. <laughs> Actually, that might have been from one of the five goes mad. Uh, no, they they, they 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 they. As I dimly recall, they were very suspicious suspicious of travelers or people with different accents or looked a bit different <laughs> mm, yeah yes i think the, the the adopted one was one of the five goes mad but the rest of them was oh yeah it's it's very <laughs> yeah it's very famous five yes yes it is lashings of ginger ale and xenophobia <laughs> wow and on the other hand you've maybe named the game but uh, no um okay so monster hearts but dialed down a couple of notches Mm. Or that that kind of thing, definitely. Yeah, definitely works for the the camp idea. I definitely make it as like a stress management thing, but possibly the the, the and you know, possibly think about the um, blades of the dark. While not a as seedy a version of the vice mechanic, if you if you have to do a lot of stuff that raises your stress levels, you know you you might end up like taking a punch at your um, your rival or um, doing something inadvisable. So yeah, the um, the idea that you know you're you're dealing with all these these horrible brats 
and you know you might end up doing something uh, uh, unwise in an attempt to to wind down or just to to cope with your stress. Mm. And bouncing back to the earlier one of the your earlier idea of the if effectively effectively Fantasyland Adventure Camp for for want of a better title, and it desperately desperately needs a better title. <laughs> Fantasyland Historical Recreate uh, Reenactment Adventure Camp. I, this is this is definitely me messing with the idea. But I do keep imagining it. Uh, imagine the uh, imagining the earnest and well-meaning um, plans that people, possibly people higher up in the chain, are coming up with. That the camp councillors are then having to enact that maybe aren't that well thought out, and maybe haven't taken into account some of the realities of the situation. I mean, nothing to the extent of okay, so our harmless play acting exercise has awoken an elder demon. <laughs> But more a thing um it work in cultural animosities. <laughs> that yeah. We've been terribly insensitive and now things will go yeah. all downhill. Yes, but sort of uh, you know, things like, oh, I got this um <laughs> Yes, I I got this treasure from the skeleton in the dungeon. There, there, there are no skeletons in the dungeon. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> nah. That's called grave robbing, and it's still frowned upon. Yeah, no, no, it's all right. He handed it to me. That's actually worse. Was it glowing at the time? Because it looks like it is now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not as much, Uh, but yes. Oh, balls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking, yes, very low stakes. Very low stakes fantasy adventure, adventures for children kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if they're still doing it, but there was that, that phase where Disney seems to be doing the American high school version of their animated film. Oh, and they they did the... Um, it was like Young Hercules, and there was an Empress New Groove one. But they also did like all of the, the kids of the bad guys as well. And I forgot what it's called, but yeah. I didn't see anything of it, but it was apparently... Oh, was it, there's, there, I think there were three mo- at least three yeah. movies, The De- Descendants or something? Yeah, something like that. They, they're all... I think... It was musicals and stuff like that, so... Oh, wow, okay. I think they're on my watch list, but I haven't gotten around to them yet. Yeah. I, I'm not quite sure how I haven't managed to get around to them after being locked down for this period of time, but, yeah, <laughs> that's just what happened. Yeah. So this this would kind of be the... the yeah, that's... I, I, yeah, this is the kids' camp adventure. Uh, uh, kids' camp version of every Dungeons & Dragons adventure ever. Maybe it's like rather than being an armed assault on a on a dungeon or a fortress or something, it's kids hanging out in a new neighborhood and messing things up. Or I don't know. Maybe maybe the idea that the this this is actually a necessary part of the peace process, and your and your camp counselors will be given a limited number of tools, and they really need to make sure that it happens. Ah. It's actually way more important than anyone thinks. And it's like, oh yeah, these guys are scrubs. Let them look after the kids. We'll do the important stuff. And it's like, oh no, actually no, we need we need to we need to get the younger generation aboard and working together to make sure they see that young Billy Beholder is not the bad guy in the situ- in the situation. Roll back some of that alignment based Dungeons and Dragons xenophobia that's has been baked in for a long time. Possibly both on the player's side and in the, 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 the presence of the world. Okay. I see it. Yeah, if that's what you, you're going for, make it a bit more of a... I mean, maybe this... Yeah, this is a, a required educational milestone. 
There's probably some some sort of governmental report in a binder somewhere. Yeah, but it actually means something, at least to the folks involved. Mm. And it, it actually means something to the the greater universe because, you know, if you if you you kind of just playing paying lip service to the whole um, coming together of these like these these two communities, it's going to fall apart at some point. It's how you drag it back together again. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. So, what ideas did this uh, spark for you? I went in a weirder, creepier, and more cold, cold war-y direction. Oh, good. <laughs> he, he said. Creepier than Heidi High? Creepier than a Butlins uh, holiday camp? I mean, I've never been to a Butlins. I have been to Centre Parks, which is, I think, middle, middle class Butlins, maybe? Bougie Butlins, nice. Bougie Butlins, yeah. I mean, nice. basically, because I mean, from... From what I remember from, Hi- from from Heidi High, the chalets were all these... It was effectively, if you'd taken a row of, of terraced houses and shrunk them all down. It looked like every every motel ever. They were biggish kennels based on yeah. sets. <laughs> yeah, whether, whether that's accurate or not. Whereas I, yeah, having been to Centre Parks, these, to, to back the story up slightly, I needed to use some, some, some leave. This was in, I think, 2019. Wanted to go on holiday somewhere. Needed to go go somewhere other than just sitting around in the house for for like five days a- alone because that'd be terrible. <laughs> I really wish this was a vidcast at that point because then you would have seen the look of utter horror on my face. And so I basically just tried to identify where is somewhere that I can go and stay that might be nice and has some trees that I can get to by public transport. And it turned out to be one of these places. So, but yes, you've got sort of. Yeah, the, the 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 chalets are actual little buildings surrounded by trees. Um, yeah. There is a bit of a road network going on, but mostly I think the only time people are supposed to be driving on that road is to drop their stuff off at the chalet and then they go and park somewhere else, kind of uh, so kind of like deal. Mini subdivision with foliage and Yeah. And you know, a lake that was pretty clearly constructed and basically the entire thing exists is this cunning mechanism for extracting money from your wallet, because practically everything costs money. Right, and everything is at the company store. Oh yeah, so there's there's a variety of restaurants. Some of them actual named like they had a Starbucks. They had wow. a couple of Starbucks. Starbucks is what is the plural of Starbucks? Ubiquitous. Nice. <laughs> yeah, eternal. <laughs> um, the unsleeping one. Sorry, um, <laughs> I, I have seen that. Thing that demonstrates that the Starbucks mermaid is getting steadily closer every time they update the image. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, eventually, it's going to come crawling out Ringu style, and we're all screwed. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yes, yeah, the Centre Parks thing is definitely about this archery. You can do this climbing. There's all these things. All of these things cost money. It mm-hmm. will empty. Yeah, kids, this will empty your parents' bank accounts. From the point of view of somebody who wasn't interested in any of that, or who, if he'd taken part in any of it, would have ended up on a watch list. Because eh, I'm pretty sure the, the, the children's paint and take class and somebody in their late 40s, not a good look. Just throwing it out there. So it was actually it actually turned out to be remarkably cheap if you go off season and you have no interest in doing most of the stuff. And you basically just wanted to not be in your apartment. So you took the loss leader and ran. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. When, when, I, when I was booking the thing, I did actually have to check that what I was paying... That this was not a very expensive room per night. No, it was a very cheap room because that was the weekly rate. Kind of a, is this is this accurate? This can't be right, surely. 
but yes, of course, the, to make sure that the uh, the youngsters are placated. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, that was the the bizarreness that, that that sort of yeah middle middle class butlins or bougie bougie butlins. Uh, but no, so everything I've ever gathered about the the American sort of holiday camp experience suggests to me that like it's, it's not a week of summer camp. It's it's Months. It's multiple weeks. It's a long time. Yeah, it's not months, I guess, but it, see, it seems like a, a huge, pivotal experience. So, mm. I mean, that, that, that's definitely a, a thing. So what it put me in mind of was, okay, so yeah, I basically just went weird and creepy with it because apparently that's my thing. You have to have expected this by now. So you've got this camp. It's, it's trying to be, and certainly trying to market itself as, the best summer camp around. Mm-hmm. They're not aiming themselves at you know at, at the ten percent or the one percent, but the ten percent or the one percent definitely seem to like the place. You know, it's got really good facilities, really good counselors, you know, camp counselors and, and attendants and everything. They do a lot of stuff. They are very inclusive, you know, along the lines of, oh, okay, your you know, your your kids got some some accessibility issues. We can work with that. We'll figure something out. <laughs> They're trying to be a really good camp, and you know, they cost money, but they've also got some 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 scholarship options for the um, for want of a better word, poorer sections of the community. And you know, this camp's been running for years. The kids like it. Kids come back raving about it. The parents seem to like it because the kids do tend to come back being, frankly, just that little bit better behaved. A little bit more driven, a little bit more serious about their studies. They tend to be a little bit fitter when they come back because they've got lots of healthy outdoor exercise and everything. And, you know, parents, yeah, the camps are running for long enough that the parents will send their kids there. Yep, wonderful place. And now the sting in the tail. The camp is a colossal and extremely long-running intelligence operation. Okay. And we're thinking, uh, yeah, I'm thinking sort of, Effectively, ludicrous science fictional Manchurian candidate level of of intelligence operation, or, or like the the like like I said the Cold War, like the the Soviet the alleged Soviet training grounds that looked like American suburbs and so forth. Indeed, it's that kind of thing, but taken to ridiculous extreme. Because you've got what was referred to as you know, the the illegals program, which was an actual Soviet intelligence operation in the US or in and around the US of of folks. You've got the TV show The Americans of the whole mm. the whole idea of extremely deep cover operatives with you know, very, very good fake IDs living relatively unnoticeable lives in order to to carry out carry out operations. This is kind of the next step that they've set up a uh, and yeah let's, let's let's make it Cold War. Whatever. Uh, or it starts in, starts in the Cold War. They've set up this summer camp, and they've pitched it to appeal you know, appeal to a wide spectrum of people. And the entire thing is an indoctrination and brainwashing exercise. Hmm. And yeah, we're, we're we're going ridiculous science fictional thing to the extent of you've got you'll yeah the kids the kids come in yeah they'll have a good time because that's what the hypnotic suggestion told them they're having. Hmm. They'll they'll get plenty of good healthy outdoor exercise. Because they're basically at a boot camp, they just don't know it, or that aspect of it is locked away from them. And they go back out and out into the world very much, yeah, they're, they're very much the same person they were before. They don't know there's this extra program running in the background that can 
activated at some point. So we are going ludicrous science fiction levels of hypnotic control and all that kind of thing. Yeah, the movie The Manchurian Candidate is the obvious example, but there's there's plenty of other things out there. Uh, I think there's the TV show My Own Worst Enemy, uh, the idea of an entirely separate personality being being able to be flipped to the front, as it were. And yeah, this is yeah the idea behind it is basically that if you can run, yeah, if you, if you run this intelligence uh, operation for long enough, and you've got this really cool camp, you can attract the children of movers and shakers. Hmm. You can make them your operatives and give them just the gentlest little push to make them a bit more likely to get into positions of, of power and influence. But that's kind of a one-trick pony. And if you, you know, if you, if you want to sort of run this as a ridiculously, ridiculously over-the-top operation, you also attract people who aren't from the sort of families who are going to become senators and congressmen and that kind of thing and, and captains of industry. But you, you get the other kids as well and just kind of push them into positions of, oh, union steward, hmm. community organizer. You cover all the bases. Yeah, basically it's, you know, we're, in this case, we're assuming that the, the McCarthy reds under the bed paranoia, well, he was wrong because his list was far too small. He should have had a phone directory. The person compiling the list had been to the camps, so... Yeah, yeah, the, yeah and, and just handed out a bunch of names that they knew full well had... Uh, yeah, I mean, presumably, none of these kids are ever going to do something as stupid as joining the, uh, the, the, the young communists at, uh, at university. They're not going to draw attention to themselves. But it does mean that, you know, when, you know, the, the class of, I don't know, 19... Yeah, the, the, the class of 1988 from the camp start getting into the movers and, and, and mover and shaker levels, well, they already know people they can tap to get various things done, and they may not even know they're doing it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm actually quite pleased that you've invoked the, the spectrum of the Cold War, because otherwise I think you were describing any conservative organisation in the world. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Aside from that, yeah, it's... Uh, but, okay, so there's, there's this creepy organisation in the background, and the fact that it's run all over, like, span of generations kind of implies that maybe they went oh we've got this we've got their funding set up we've got this camp set up we've got all these people in power oh the uh the the soviet union's collapsing doesn't really affect us <laughs> yeah like, yeah funding's Ooh. still coming in we're still yeah we got that sweet scholarship deal for- yeah and you know we also have a network of unwitting agents all across a, a powerful nation sucks for you i guess <laughs> mm. yeah by, by way of where this came from there was a book that I remember reading as a kid. Uh, must have been this was intermediate school, so I must have it must have been the like it was the early eighties. Hmm. It's one of these things where you know, I was able to look up that the book was called The Xenon File. It was written by somebody named Richard Hayes. Yep. I can find almost no information on the internet about this book other than that it existed. Like there are references, there are references to it. There are places who are selling copies of it. There is almost no information of, of plot summary. Wikipedia just shrugs at you. Hmm. I remember reading it and thinking at the time, this feels like it's the it's it's part of a series. And I don't know. That may have been the first time I actually ran into the idea of a book that is part of an ongoing series. Right. But yeah, you know, part of the shtick from that was that you've got your teenage protagonist, who the implication was that in a in a previous story had been the brainwashed 
one of the brainwashed lieutenants of some diabolical madman. I have this vague idea that there was like this hidden room in her parents' house that was accessed through the grandfather clock or something. Something something along those lines, which is kind of what put me put me in mind of this sort of brainwashed operatives who are perhaps unaware of it story. As far as turning it into a game, I've got kind of two options. You know, the first though actually from what you were saying, that, that you, you actually gave me the idea of the third option, which is to flip it around and have the, the characters actually be the staff running the camp. Not sure everyone would go for that, but yep. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's very much a, if, if you want to do the, okay, we're actually playing the bad guys here. I, I'm i not sure how to do that without it descending into madness and, and ooze, but... Well, presumably they're not having the, the their security isn't impeachable and someone has found out something. So yeah, it might be a, oh no... The the secret base alarms are whooping, lights are flashing, and the countdown has started. What do we do? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean, self destruct system? Why is there? It's a stomach. Why is there a self? Oh, <laughs> still. <laughs> yeah. When did that get installed? Uh, sometime in the fifties. Ah, oh, boy. <laughs> That's a bad piece of news. You know how they they destructed things in the fifties? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this this isn't going to be like a few incendiaries here, but no, no, we think it's an H bomb, right? Okay, so we're fucked. Yeah, so okay, so you could in fact just do a horrifying um, Doctor Strange Love style comedy version of that. Um, yes, it's possibly the only way you could do that one. A hench person story. Mm, for yeah, so if you focus it on the campers, I can see either you focus it on the campers who are at the camp when things start to go wrong. So it's possible, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's possible, it's probably probable that the, the whatever it is that is causing the, um, the we will switch on trainee mode isn't activated all the time. Yeah, they probably get to do like normal camp stuff in the evenings and then rigorous workouts and, uh, knife drills during, during the day, that kind of thing. Yeah, pistol shooting, why not? Yeah, they, they, they come home with, um, with, with stories about uh, you know, having been taught sort of gun safety and, and they got to use the rifles and it doesn't mention the sort of doing black backflips while firing a couple of Uzis section of the course. This, this kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that bit out of the brochure, as it were. So either the kids are, you know, you've got kids at the camp and then the system starts to break down, maybe just for them. Hmm. Maybe there's one bunkhouse where there's a short in the system and they start to wake up. The mind control emitter is on the fritz and yeah, they start yeah. to realize what's going on. Yeah, they start to to yeah, to not be uh, yeah. And depending on how you did it, you could do it in a reasonably creepy way of, you know, if the mind control emitter that is broken is just the one in their cabin. Hmm. And so if they get too far away from the cabin, it kicks back in. And so you potentially have a game of, at least for a while, the only bits of the game that exist are in that in and around that cabin. They can see the weird shit that's happening out there, but every time they go too close, they 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 just sort of rejoin the party, as it were, hmm. quite literally. Uh, so that was that was sort of option one of the, yeah. You know, and then what the hell did the kids do about it? Well, they have just completed their. Um, Backflip while firing a couple of Uzis badge, so, you know, we've got a potentially terrible, terrible action movie right here. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, you sort of, yeah, they've, they've, they've got the sort of the, 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 the bad sheet for, um, for, for public consumption and then the other one, which has, you know, well, apparently I completed the cryptographics badge. I wonder what that is. This kind of thing. I'm flashing back to a terrible 80s ROTC cadets but diehard movie. Something like Toy Soldiers or something like that. I don't oh know if I ever saw it. I think but I did yeah. see that. It was like the kids kids at a military academy Just, that is being closed down or that the military bit of it is being closed down because of a horrifying gunfire incident <laughs> basically seized control of the of the academy. Oh right. That was they were being the terrorists. They weren't they weren't um the John McClane portion it's, of it. Well, the the movie I'm thinking of, it was definitely it was definitely done as a drama. It was this I'm hoping there's a there's a nicer version of it. I mean that might be sky high, but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I remember the horrible version of it. Um, right. So the kids suddenly because they're they're the school's being closed down, they Ruby Ridge the fucker. Uh, Ruby Ridge. Oh, I, I, one of the one of the one of the two famously botched FBI crisis management things were ended up with a bunch of people dying. The other one was Please. Waco. Oh right, okay. Yeah, it's still um, a, it's still a a sore point with many uh, non pro government folks. And, and to be fair, the 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 incidents were not handled well. No. So. Yeah. So it sounds like a fascinating fascinating tale to look up. Anywho, right. So yeah, you you potentially got the game of a bunch of kids. I mean, the players are going to realize almost immediately that something is weird on the basis that you're skipping their entire day at camp. Yeah. It's going to be obvious. And if they look outside the window, it's really obvious that something's going on. So you can have some fun with that. The flip side of it that I thought of was this program ran for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. But with the fall of, you know, if we're, we're assuming Cold War, with the fall of the Soviet Union, that the camp basically sort of sputtered and died. Like the people running it, tried to keep the thing going for a while out of passionate communist fervor. But of course, they'd been horribly corrupted by the time in the United States and then just sort of decided to take the money and leg it. Pretty much. And it just sort of, yeah, without without the, the constant streams of um, of somewhat dodgy funding from uh, other other sources, it, it faded and presumably people just wanted to retire. Hmm. But you've got, and this is this is very much drawing on but I know Stephen King's touched on it a couple of times, the group of old friends getting to, uh, childhood friends getting together trope. The idea of the party being a bunch of friends who have decided, you know, yeah, they, they all met at this camp. They thought, well, the camp's been closed down. Let's go visit the old haunt anyway. They get there and nothing is what they remember. It, it, it's like dramatically like, yeah, maybe maybe they were like a effectively the equivalent of a SEAL team or something. They, they'd gone to this um to this place they remember having a fantastic bonding experience which meant that you know they would keep in touch with these people for the rest of their lives despite their, their varied backgrounds you know they, they, they really feel like a, as as like a, like a, a unit they they you know they, they came together they trust and they're loyal to these folk they didn't realize they also were prepared to go and you know, do some horrific violence when activated to, as as a, as a unit or possibly depending on how creepy you want to make it they actually did. Well, they wouldn't remember, would they? Hmm. Yeah, but I sort of the the idea of them sort of t- turning up to the, the remains of 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 Camp Happy, uh, expecting to see sort of chalets and overgrown stuff, and what they've got is 
military bunkers and and those those things where you've got sort of a doorway set into a mound of earth and it's just an elevator behind it and just this stuff has clearly been there for years. The camp they remember never existed. Mm. I'm pretty sure there is at least one movie that I've seen like that where somebody ah, could be a Michael Bean one. I'd have to I'll have to check where somebody kind of effectively go, goes looking for the mysteries of their past and discovers that the mystery of their past is that they didn't have one. Hmm. Yeah. So they presumably would discover the truth and then go and do something about it. That was the bit that I was struggling with. It's kind of a you you discover this thing. What do you do now? That was the bit I was hoping you had a clever idea for, to be honest. I would suspect that, you know, they find out, okay, well, clearly nothing, nothing's right here. However, we have the skills to break in and find out what's going on. And they discover that there is one last sort of big fuck you that possibly not even the, the people running the camp was aware of, but there was some sort of contingency to make, to activate all of the, um, all the people to do acts of violence if there was if there were, the camp was compromised and there's this big old counter counting down basically to say all right no one's no one's pressed the uh please not murder everybody button frequently enough and the, the, it's activated like a um it's like the uh, russian the uh, dead man's hand mutually assured destruction set up uh, nobody's hit the no don't start the countdown button yeah ah the opposite of a dead man switch, yeah. Which then leads to the question of, is is there a sudden desire to go and tromp over the old haunts part of that system? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they got a, maybe that somebody working at the camp realised, oh, if this happens, it'll eventually get back to me or something. Or I, I don't, I actually don't think this was the best idea. And they've been sent uh, like a music box or something for the, with the, the triggering scrap of music. Which, which inspired them to to catch up and get get back with their their buddies, and then they discover the situation. And they're going, oh, oh, okay. We need we need to we need to we need to solve this problem. Or there's going to be mayhem. Somebody who I'm quite liking that. Yeah, they the I mean it's, the, the the music box is a lovely touch. Yeah, thank you. I'm <laughs> uh, really liking that. Yeah, I'm like like I like the idea. The, the idea. It's, it's somebody who sort of suspects that that thing is in operation. But can't mm. do either. They they don't have the skills to get into that camp. They can't. Maybe they're with a janitor. Maybe they're yeah. like going, okay. Hell, maybe they're in jail. Yeah, just for for, for something completely different. Hmm. Um, He's like, oh, yeah. Maybe the guy's just been going back and pressing the button, and you know, he just happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, down in his luck, and and gets arrested. Mm. It's like, oh. uh... Can I have a can I have a phone call? And he, he calls a number and says something Russian lullaby down the phone. And says, "Well, <laughs> yeah," and everything. And the, the team leader swings into action to um, go and investigate. I like that. It'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. So yeah. they go back. And it's like, huh? We know how to deal with all these problems that we should absolutely not know how to deal with. Oh, and there's a bigger problem that we might have the skills to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. You know, I like the jail idea. I also have the the, the 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 image of somebody posting a parcel from like Mexico or something because yeah, it turns out they yeah they, they were the janitor or they were the sort of second assistant psychiatrist or something. Mm. Their visa, their, their their green card or whatever expired. They got deported. Yeah, they, they eventually got picked up on sort of immigration violation. 
ran away because yeah they'd be deported to a country they haven't lived in for decades and maybe doesn't exist anymore mm. you know what the what <laughs> yeah I, I don't know exactly what happens when you have a passport for a country that doesn't exist anymore but i know tom hanks made a film about it yeah probably nothing good eh yeah <laughs> so somebody sitting in this sitting in a a, a a quaint little bar in uh, or a quaint little cafe or something in Mexico sort of lovingly bundling up a few music boxes and, and, and posting them and hoping it works well it's, it's better than doing nothing <laughs> indeed yeah that would be quite fun cool I like it yeah yeah very sinister oh yeah the sinister I mean I do like the the, the adult sinister version of it because oh, there's a Stephen King movie book slash movie Shadow something or other. There's I don't recall that one myself. I might missed it. But there's lots of like Camp Crystal and you know and Jason mm. being a thing. All of those places. The um, the names that they give um, and, and comedy things to the summer camps like Camp We Don't Want You or Camp Wanna Weep was the one from um, yeah. Kim Possible. And it was one from the Adams Family movie. Was it? <laughs> It translated it means orphans or something. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So there is definitely a there is a there is a there is a, a seam of horror to be mined. I mean, I'm, I'm now thinking of the thing from um, the, the the radio show a Prairie Home Companion with the the the, the tales from Lake Wobegon. Yeah, tales from Lake Wobegon. I think there's something about the the you know, the, the, the name of the place which. Um, translates as the place where we waited for you all day in the rain yeah anyway so yes that was that was what i did to it all right it had it coming it knows what it did uh and and now we get to um i guess john's suggestion so and yes john has provided us with a wealth in fact um literally a list of modules for a system that i've only just heard about so thank you john that's that's amazing so john writes right from the start I'm going to say what game I'm going to use this idea. Jinkies by Tobias Strauss. It's a PBTA game that lets you play as the Scooby Gang, Jabberjaw, et al. in a setting of your choice. There's two settings, or two modes, it looks like. Saturday morning cartoon and behind the music. The first is what it says on the tin, your basic let's have fun setting. Behind the music uses the same cartoons, but only it's a little bit more adult. Basically, Scooby-Doo Mysteries versus Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. So for this, I'm adding in the anime Yuru Camp slash Laidback Camp to the Scooby Gang. So, let's go with this. The PCs are a bunch of teenagers who go camping at various themed campgrounds. Themed campgrounds, you say? Yes, every campground either has an overt theme or a subtle theme to them. There's a problem that the PCs can solve to save the camp from ruin, financial disaster, or keep the ownership of the camp in the right hands. Since Jinkies is all about the PCs coming up with the solution, you as the GM just have to provide the setup and some clues and get the campfire song going along. So here's some sample campgrounds the PCs can go to. Welcome to Camp Underwald. Situated in the middle of Lake Lake Stucks, it's a great place to go when your workaday or school workaday life gets you down and you need to rest and relax. You'll have to use the ferry to get to Underwald. It's operated by Mr. Charles. You'll have to pay him to cross both ways. On the island, you'll be welcomed by Hayden and his wife, Stephanie. Hayden is a bit of a grump, but when you get to know him, he's all right. Stephanie is always welcoming and caring towards the island's campers. She has a seemingly endless supply of pomegranates that she hands out to everyone. Hayden also has three wolfhounds, Kurt, Bert, and Ross. 
<laughs> they are ably helped out by their, by their son, Zachary, and the camp staff, Danny, Zoss, and Drusilla. Staying at the camp are a collection of folks. From Cecil Foss, harried businessman who's always fighting uphill battles, Archie Lee, former athlete that had to drop out for a pulled leg tendon. Oh my... Sorry, I just figured that one out. His friend, Patrick, who tried participating in his stead and lost, to Theo Seuss, professional traveller and adventurer. The island has many places to hike to, set up camp, and other natural vistas. So find a place to set up camp and let the fun commence. Since this takes place over the weekend, at best, the PCs have to solve the mystery in the time from Friday night to Sunday night. What's the mystery at Camp, camp Underworld? It could be that Hayden's brother Zane is trying to meddle with how the camp is run. Or Stephanie's family want her to leave the island and Hayden. This could manifest in various ways. Ghosts haunting the camp, frightening the campers. To strange creatures half seen in the moonlight stalking the forest. It's up to those meddling PC campers to solve this mystery. Well. Okay, I just figured out the Kurt Burton Ross one. Oh, goodness. Oh, that was, I almost died. Um, yes. I, I, was, I was going to ask... God damn it, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, that is uh, very sneaky. I don't know all of it, but yes, yes, it's, uh, there's, some, there's some good things there. <laughs> I would be in... Tr- it would. This begs the question of this, of this universe is where the uh, pantheons of like, supernatural um, folks set up jolly holiday camps just to keep a toehold in the world and, you know, just to have some, something something to keep them involved and they're busy having genuine human problems at the same time or are they just people who are eerily similar <laughs> to those folks it, i guess that's a question you could leave hanging in the air that's uh i if possible i'd like to leave it um leave that one up in the air where you never you, you never specify either way right no, that's fair that's fair all right so as i said this is this is a a a module of modules so Another possible camp, Campalot. For nine months of the year, Campalot is your standard campground. But for three months from July to September, it's home to the Campalot Renaissance Festival. Okay, I'm out. The camp's owners are Art and Jenny Pendleton, and they're ably helped by their various camp staff, Merle, Beverly Deer, and of course, Lance. Lance is Art's and Janine's best friend. During the three months when the Renfair is in full swing, you can still camp there, but you best do in garb. So, of course... That's when the PC sharp. Things are going along swimmingly until Merle's mech dragon goes on the fritz and starts stomping about. And there's word that some woman at the big lake is handing out real swords to anyone who wants one. And Art's nephew, Morton, shows up, trying to take over the camp. It doesn't help that Art's half-sister Morgan is probably behind this. And don't forget that dude all in green body paint who keeps asking folks to cut his head off. I, this is another one where the, the temptation to skirt the line between sort of suspicious coincident or co- coincidence or not uh, is, is quite strong. It does feel a bit like some of those um, competition, loosely um, phrased, role-playing game events that were run in Auckland in the early 90s where you get people who get the joke and are playing along with it and there's another person who is deeply invested in sorting out what's going on but does not pick up on the references possibly because they're too focused and you know, i can see that oh yeah yeah that, that can happen i mean sometimes it's hilarious it's like you have the moment where people go twig and like oh oh damn you kind of thing yep john has helpfully inserted notes about the first camp is more based on the video game hades than the actual mythos as 
though as anyone tried to nail down any can of the Greek pantheon, found nailing a jello to a wall would be a more worthwhile endeavour. Of course, after watching overly sarcastic productions videos on this Arthur, you can't really say there's any real can for some myths, so pick and choose your heart's content. There are other camps uh, settings as well. Camp Dane's March, with Henry Garth, Sheriff Ben Wolf, the mysterious Mr. Granada, to the Camp Shire and the adventures there. Plenty of things to pick from. And I will chip in with uh, Camp Dane's March, because John sort of fleshed that one out a bit more. Situated on the coast, nestled in a mountain valley, Camp Dane's March is run by Henry Garth. It's a fun place to go. Lots of folks like to party here all the time. That is, until this odd geezer showed up screaming at everybody to shut up and rampaging through the camp, tearing things up. Everybody calls him Mr. Granada because he's wearing a t-shirt with the words Granada on it. The local sheriff, Ben Wolf, can't seem to find where this Granada lives, and so far hasn't found his hidey hole. Oh, and Granada has a prosthetic arm that he flails around. If anybody hurts him, or steals his mechanical arm, he'll warn them that his mother will get even with you. That's a Grendel reference? Beowulf. Beowulf. Right, yep, yep, yep. Yep. Cool. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I like it. Um, look at mm. this. This look up this uh, Jinkies system. It does look fun. Anything that the uh, where the players come up with a plausible explanation for the events of the game, I'm right behind. Since mm. yes, I I did I did recent relatively recently run a Blades in the Dark Christmas special episode because we were down a we were down a player and thought we, we would fill in with one where they um, distributed treats and. Um, Invoked a terrible hunting god over the roof of the roofs of Duskfall, and there was a a jolly moment at the end where they were standing around the table with the with the the orphans and the their their um their their gang and going, "Oi, what are you doing outside? Still dressed as the Red Hunter?" Addressing the the other crew member who entered from the kitchen with extra mashed potato, and was like a distant ho 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 kind of thing. Nice, yeah. nice. Had to make sure it had that 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 touch of Christmas magic. Yep, the the, the slight the, the, the slightly cheesy Christmas magic. Except there was some terrifying stalking spirit of the hunt roaming the city. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently you couldn't think of a reason why not. Oh no, <laughs> you should have tried harder. <sighs> oh well. I do like the happy camp. I mean, the old jinkies system seems very very fun, and I like I, I do like the idea. Might even be able to sell it to some of the potential players here. Hmm. Though, that is going to have to wait until we are not in lockdown. Because running an RPG over the internets... Yes, I said internets, live with it. Can be done. Can, mm-hmm. can, can, can absolutely be done. Teaching people how to play an RPG over the internet. Teaching people how to RPG at all. To in, entirely. Yeah, yeah, I could say that'd be hard. Indeed. Yeah, that's it's one thing... I've got a bunch of battered old men who've been playing role-playing games for minimum 30 years. Tied up in my basement. <laughs> Sorry, is that not where you were going with that? No, okay. no, no. It's just like, it, it's they're my contemporaries. I am old, and, and we have played games for a long time. It's easy enough to go. It's a it's a thing. It's a bit like this, a bit like this. And they go, oh, right. Yeah, it's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, shared language and uh, Indeed. Just to, to get that, that first bit down, knocked down, it's good to be able to read people's expressions and, and take the, the temperature of a room. I, I understand. Yeah. So, yes, back to the, the... I do like the themed camps. 
I mean, I'm kind of liking the idea of so. Yeah, sort of people arriving. Yeah, people arriving for about session three. It's like, so what sort of wacky adventure do you think we'll have this year? <laughs> um, I got kind of the the impression that's that's all these the the PCs do. Like <laughs> like the, the they just tour around. Hey, here's there's a themed campground that we could stop at. It's like this place. The landscape is littered with these things. Yes, yeah. Jinkies, Scoob, let's do it. Yeah, okay, liking. Yeah. It's like, it's like that, which is, but it's also kind of tied in with the idea that they're also either gates to other realms or like the 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 last bastions for these various peoples and places so it's like it's kind of american gods in a weird way but also oh, kind once of once upon a time was that the, the, the tv show with the don't know not, not not familiar with that one i could be getting the name of it wrong with some some tv show where sort of characters from stories not quite ending up in the real world but like there's like there's fables as a as a, a comic as well mm. with all of the um, fairyland or storyland people in the uh, neighborhood in uh, Manhattan. Depending on how how Jinkies as a system goes, because I know there's different different Powered by the Apocalypse games, to my understanding, kind of have different expectations of how long the game oh, yeah. how, how long the game is going to be and how many sessions the game is going to be. Absolutely. I've certainly been given the idea that things like stock Apocalypse World and Masks and a few others really start to work when you've had when you've got a multi-session ongoing story environment. Yeah, you need you need it to stew a bit. You need to, mm. to build up some richness along with that and have sort of history to refer to. Yeah. So so if if Jinkies kind of works, it kind of depends on 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 how Jinkies works. I could I could definitely see. You're sort of doing the, the, the camping equivalent of the... Um, there was the Disney cartoon, The Weekenders, mm-hmm. which was very, very short. Like, I think they got two two episodes per commercial half hour, at least yep. for a couple of the seasons. They were very short. I thought a, a very good show, quite clever in the way they did things. And, yeah, the, the entire plot of each episode takes place from exiting school on Friday afternoon through to Sunday night. So it's that I I can see you doing that kind of vibe. This is the this is the weekend get the kids the hell out of the house camp. Hmm. But it would depend on whether Jinkies can you know, sort of can can work with that kind of that kind of tight time frame. I mean clearly you've got the yeah there's a reference of this takes place over the weekend so you've got that. I don't know whether it would work for that that system but it would enable you to do the so I wonder which camp we're going to be visiting this time. Well, I think the yeah, Apocalypse World is takes a long uh, time to develop fronts and threats and so forth. And masks, you need to build up relationships with characters and so forth. This one, I mean, you could you could be, you could be telling an on- ongoing story within the players, but have them hit these these little short bite sized adventures as they go through, and that could be that could be huge fun. Mm. You you would evolve the, the relationship and the experiences within the team, but yeah, you could hit little little bite-sized things keep them moving okay i get it yeah. cool yeah that would work pretty well mm, that's fun i like that i'm still fascinated by the idea of people who somehow live traveling from themed campgrounds to one <laughs> that's a could it be a modern influencer kind of lifestyle or just like a really um hippie trail but with tent no tents probably a feature on the hippie trail but yeah <laughs> I think it's mostly boarding houses and banana pancakes, but I could be wrong. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. The if you, I guess, if you went with the the, the slightly more adult 
behind the music version, you could... I mean, this is me very much talking, thinking out loud, but I do that anyway, so, um, so be it. You could do this as the characters moving from camp to camp over the course of the summer. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, possibly, depending on how it goes, if each camp... And if you if you leaned very heavily into the um, into the this is stories injecting themselves into the, the the real world, what happens when the story gets resolved? Does the camp just quietly vanish? And people say, "Well, fuck it, now we have to go somewhere else." No, no, maybe they're they're just making sure that the camp can function normally without kind of descending into mayhem, or mm. you know, maybe and maybe that's their appointed role. Maybe that's their going from place to place. They. Um, they're they're performing a, a bit of restorative magic of their own, or they've got a YouTube channel or whatever. <laughs> I mean, the YouTube channel seems more plausible. That could just be me being biased. Yeah, fair enough. I, it, it does put me oddly oddly in mind of a a summer sort of arts and crafts program I got enrolled in as a kid over the course of a week, where sort of each day you'd be doing a different thing. Mm-hmm. If this is kind of the equivalent. But it's with it's with these themed summer camps, and so every you know, every week or or whatever, everybody moves from one summer camp to the next summer camp. Yeah, I like the idea of it being a long road trip with these weirdos who just have this very specific raison d'être. I got to say that does appeal to me some to some ah. the idea of kids being pushed around from place to place just because you know it's the school holidays and the parents would rather not have them cluttering up the place. That does make sense. Hmm. Alrighty. I think we should, at this point, thank John for an amazing amount of content for us to uh, pick over. And yeah, that, that looks interesting. Some shocking puns, but you know what you were doing. <laughs> he knows his audience. Yep, yep. Indeed, indeed. Yes. So that only leaves us really with announcing what the topic for the next episode is. And there we, we come into some contention. A oh, very little contention, but. So I'm trying to amp up the drama. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yes, in, in an exciting... Okay, I can't justify that. In a mildly interesting... In a Ayashike-worthy <laughs> outcome. Yeah, yes. Ooh, nice. <laughs> in an Ayashike-worthy uh, election, conducted in multiple locations, well, two of them, the, the votes have come in for episode 156, and we have another dead heat. So, for episode 156, the, the winner, with a thundering, monstrous two-vote, one from each voting location, suggesting that it might have been the same person twice, we have a carefully articulated curse against the common man. And, for the following episode, we have a tribute to the Big Red Couch house band, Chunk Weasel. I miss Chunk. Actually, no, I don't miss Chunk Weasel. No, no, they're, uh, I haven't heard them from them much over the uh, lockdown period, but... Uh... Well, you're in, a, you're in lockdown, it's a time of national penitence and repenting, music is forbidden, and that technically counted as music, so... Yeah, that was a close call, but yeah. Yeah, it could have been, they'd been just a little bit tuneless, it would have been okay, but no. Everyone, everyone can relax and take a uh, third night whatever we call that, um, three-week gap, um, offer from voting. I, I don't think it's a third night, but I want it to be. Third night, definitely. And, uh, yeah, if you've got any uh, wacky camp adventures that are, you know, printable on our very, very um, 
cultured and uh, respectable show, let us know. And if you ever set a game in a camp, that'd be worth talking about. So we're happy to hear from you. With that, it's lights out, campers. Don't make me come out there, you little shits. <laughs> Sorry, I'm channeling, channeling some dark memory from <laughs> school years. You little shits. <laughs> good night, camp leader Ben. <laughs> and good night from Camp Counselor Craig. I'm sure the uh, the trauma will subside by the time you're out of school. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> yeah, Morgan Freeman voice. But the trauma did not subside. <laughs> no, it got worse and festered over the year. Hooray. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.